Guys, I'm sick. <clears throat> I'm barely here. How are you guys doing? Uh, more than barely here. Well, that's great. Victoria, how are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing well. It is very cold outside. It is very oh, cold yeah, outside. <laughs> Thank you, Arctic freeze. <laughs> I happened to get sick after our Indiefinity stream, so that was pretty great. Uh, I don't know if it was that or the holiday party or just somewhere in between. That was great. So Monday, I was starting to feel like really tired. I was like, oh, what's going on? Really sleepy. Uh, and then Tuesday, it was like cold. I thought, oh, I just got a cold. <clears throat> uh, and then was it Wednesday? I think I did a COVID test and it was two strips. I've taken so many COVID tests over the past three years. Never. Mm -hmm. Negative. Negative, 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 negative. And then this time it's like it was as soon as as soon as the, the liquid as soon as my saliva or my nose liquids started crossing that strip, it's like, yep, you're good. You're you got COVID. There's there it is. So I've been working very hard and trying to avoid COVID and it finally got me. And uh it's been really weird because unlike a cold or a fever because obviously it's different for everyone but it feels every day it feels different so some so the first two day so the first day i was like ah i'll be all right after the end of the day you'll be a 24 48 hour thing then the next day it's like the headache starts coming in it feels like i've got a book like a 10 pound book on my head and then uh then the next day i started getting congested and it's just like something ever it's like a buffet of just symptoms of crap. So, mm. so once I got that, then I started self isolating. So it's just me and me and the critters and they've been fine. But, um, <laughs> and of course this is our last week before we go on vacation. So all the stuff I was planning on getting done did not happen. So <laughs> been playing a lot of catch up before we go on vacation. It's been great. Victoria, I know you had COVID yes. at a point, right? So I had I had COVID, I think, the last time you were reporting. And yes, same same thing. It was, you know, Friday night. I started getting really tired. W went to bed, woke up at 2 in the morning with an excruciating headache. Um, yeah, <laughs> the cold symptoms started happening. And I mean, same, same as you. I mean, we think we might have had it right before COVID actually hit. Um, because I got really sick in March of 2020, so oh, the oh. timing was really right. Um, <laughs> but getting it, getting it again, maybe, um, yeah. Finally seeing those two strips in there was just—I <laughs> I avoided it all this time. What happens? So, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I—I I don't know if it's just everyone has different sy symptoms. I got really bad tinnitus for a oh. while. For like days, um, could not sleep because my ears were ringing. Uh, that was awful. But um, all is good now. I still got a little bit of a lingering cough, but yeah, all, all is good now. I I'll have that lingering cough forever because I just mm -hmm. whatever. Kels, are you, have you been able to avoid it? No, I got it in January. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and mine was the same way too. Is uh, you know, you're reading the instructions. And it's like. Give it 15 minutes to let you know if you have the results. And mine were like immediate. It's like, you've got mm -hmm. super COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was like, dang. 
Oh. Like, I was like, I didn't even have to wait. It was like, I guess I, I knew I had, yeah. So it was always weird. And I was like waiting after doing all those tests and it was like, okay, it's taking a lot longer to, to show red. So I think it's going away. That's good. Mm. But yeah. And then mine was um, very mild, I guess, compared to everybody else. I just had a runny nose and mm-hmm. uh, I sneezed. And then after seven days ish, I believe, um, no, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was after like seven days I lost um, my smell and taste. So, and then it took like a week to come back. I've actually been pretty good. I can still smell stuff. I can still taste stuff, but it's like kind of muted. Mm. Um, or at its worst, it seems to have been muted. But I'm hoping over this weekend it'll decline and I'll be okay. So, uh, yeah. I will tell you, brain fog. And confusion. It's so real. And everything is overwhelming. Like, even just getting this set up from scratch in OBS was incredible. So, Oh, I I almost gave my three-year-old a sippy cup full of hot sauce. So, <laughs> I getcha. I getcha. That's some wake-up sauce I, right there. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I would have been a bad mom. I, I caught it right before. I think my husband pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh, God. That's not juice. <laughs> oh, it's juice. Just the wrong it's kind. The it's wrong got, kind. It's got vegetables in there. It's good for you. It's like a V8, but a little more extreme. Uh, a lot. <laughs> Speaking of being sick, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Hot Takes and Streaming Breaks, the bi-weekly pop culture podcast brought to you by 6035 Media. I'm your host, reporter Nick Raven, and joining me virtually and not in the studio because I am self-isolated. Actually, hang on. Look at this. Look at this. We got technology. Oh, so here's just me. All right. Here's here's our second person, Kelly Karneski, the guy who's seen way too much stuff. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good. How's it going? Good, good, good. And then we've got Victoria Costantino, our account executive with 6035 Media. How are you doing? Both of us are probably doing excellent because we're not outside in the cold, so works I, for me. I got to tell you, I actually took the dogs out earlier. Oh. And um, uh, I went shirts, shirt, shorts, sandals. I was like, man, this is all right. Uh, thank, thankfully, no. I was only out there for like 60 or 90 seconds because these dogs cannot okay. handle the cold at all. I, <laughs> talked, I talked about this on Indy 15, something like that. Oh, God, this cold. It's a great reason to stay inside and get sick, I guess. Mm. Oh, well. Let's go to the news. I set this, I set this part up. You're going to be so proud of me. Hang on. All right, you guys didn't see it, but I did, and that was. I know. I was, like, <laughs> I was, we were I was like, for yeah. You. I, know. I was like, I didn't know you were gonna do this. I Actually, like, I could hang impressive. on. Hang on, I could sit. Hang on, we could do. Hang on. What do we? What do we got? Uh, we need no, to see your gonna, hard work. No, I don't think I can. <laughs> the way that it's set. Oh, it's set up by scene. Uh, can I do that? No. Can I do this? There we go. Oh, ah, there we are. Yeah, rever- that's what that's what it looks like on my side. Hang on. If we do this, uh, let's try the news again. Hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah, now we're see? all here. There you go. Mm. There you go. I'm gonna switch it back so it doesn't look so heckin' weird. Um, do do do. I'm really glad OBS has this control now. 
Um, <clears throat> I have my Word doc. I'm so glad I have multiple monitors. This makes it so much easier. Number one <clears throat> in the news. I finished Immortality. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but as soon as I got the credit scene, uh, I let Victoria know, and she's like, I'm so yes. proud of you. Yay. You made it. I made it. I made it. <laughs> I really was like, so I was telling you those, the last couple seconds or the last bit of gameplay was me just kind of going through clips and then just like, not randomly, but close to randomly, uh, just clicking on stuff. And if you do enough of that, the RNG kicks in and it eventually it'll unlock a clip that I hadn't gotten. So, uh, I, then eventually the, the ending came and then the credits started rolling and it was like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be like digging any deeper. I think I got it all, but, uh, you uh, know, and I'm, I'm not sure if you need to get 100% of the clips to finish the game or to trigger the credits, <clears throat> but it doesn't matter is, is what I've learned. So it, it knows, it knows when you've seen enough. It seems like it does because it's, uh, I had a full row like top to bottom. I didn't have any like orphans or anything. So I assume I got them all, but I don't know. There, uh, Jacob Geller did a video about it not that long ago, and he was like, yeah, you could enlist an entire book club to try to decipher what's happening in that game and with the story mm. and stuff like that. And I kind of felt the same. I'm like, I'm experiencing this. I'm not going to assign too much meaning to it. I'm not going to interpret too much of it because uh, there's a lot of stuff. It's kind of vague about a lot of things and um yeah eh, i'm just going to i'm just going to let that be an experience uh, as it is so um yeah i enjoyed my time with it i enjoyed my time with it it's it's something that is definitely something <coughs> to experience and you know le- like you said you kind of have to let go a little bit um to allow the story to unfold so even if you have missed something Frankly, if you were doing this with a real life person in a real life story, you would be missing things. Yeah. Um, and so I think that actually brings a little more realism into it. Yeah, definitely. You should still check it out, Kels. I think you. I think you know. Just I to, downloaded it. I just haven't played it yet. It's it the the ge- the the part where you play the game is a little weird. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, it, you know, it's not a hardcore shooter or anything. <laughs> the gameplay is a little weird. Yeah, the game. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know, the the uh, the corollary that I draw there is like Sam Lake and Remedy with those mm. games. Like they're fun. Like I love the stories that Sam Lake does, but then sometimes I'm playing Alan Wake or whatever, and I'm like, man, I wish I could just watch this. And Immortality is, is kind of like that. You're watching it uh, unfurl, and you're interacting with it. Just, I mean, it, it's not unplayable by any means. It's just, just the, the play is the, the 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 reverse mechanic and stuff like that is kind of weird. I never really use. There's the a reason by... it's on Netflix. Yeah, I don't. So I wonder mm. then how does the uh, rewind? Not the rewind, but how do you detect what sequences have those rewind things without a vibrating motor? Because that's how it was telling. Well, me. that's. I mean, on on PC, you're going to experience the same thing where you don't have a controller vibration. Yeah. Um, and you purely have to go off of the audio cue. So there's that big 
Oh, the, the sound cue that happens, which gotcha. is much more prominent when you're a PC player than when you're a console player. I definitely think it's better on console because you are in front of a TV to begin with. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so if I would make a recommendation, I would say on PC. However, or on console, however, if you play it on PC, my understanding is it has similar ed- controls as to editing video. And anybody that's ever edited video in their lives would be like, oh, so cool. So cool. Um, so <coughs> it's kind of a little bit of balance there. How I figure they do it on Netflix is using just your rewind button on your remote. But yeah. But I'm honestly not sure. That seems to make sense to me. But I, I just... I, I, you, you're right about the stinger. Uh, mm. About it changing. But yeah. Yeah. It, it does make a little bit of a different experience for sure. Yeah, it does. I, I, I was just thinking about that. I was, I was just feeling the tingle of the. It's like, how does anyone else in, get to find any of this stuff? So, mm-hmm. except for basically the sex scenes, because yeah. basically every every sex scene <laughs> is is. She, <clears throat> there's a lot of nudity in this game. There's a lot of nudity. This is a very adult game. Yeah, it's my type of game. Yeah. <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You should have told me sooner. Yeah. <laughs> The, even the um, the the uh, the warning label that it gives you because we were talking mm-hmm. about this a couple weeks ago, it's just glancing the amount of content in there because some of the stuff that you were talking about last time, Victoria, yes. it's like it's not even like glancing it; it's like boom, it's right in your face. It's um, it's not that there's a handful of sex scenes that could be inappropriate to some viewers. <clears throat> it's these are raw experiences and they are portrayed as raw experiences, whether it's the sex scenes, whether it's the violent scenes, even like emotional trauma scenes, it's all extremely raw. So it's not like going and seeing an R rated movie that's been carefully crafted and edited. It's not even like seeing a really gritty R movie. Think things like, I don't know, Requiem for a dream is really raw. It's not even like that. It's just, it's so this is this is it. This yeah. is life. So yeah, it's, it's take it seriously. <laughs> take that warning seriously. It's yeah, it's it's very interesting. So they're they're potentially triggering stuff and um, mm-hmm. uh, very gratuitous. So uh, you do have to dig in for some of it. <clears throat> so Kelly, you're you, it's not an easy you know it's not just sitting there on this, you can't just skim it and it's right there. But okay. uh, it does have its context, mm-hmm. and that makes a lot of sense. So. Finish that. That's like one of the few games I finished this year. <coughs> Woo. Um, number two, Victoria, you watched The Crown. Yes. You're like caught up as far as the releases go. Right. So there. I've been following The Crown since There's it started. I'm a big, not a big royalty fan. Um, Princess Diana's death was definitely one of my earliest memories. Um, I think I was maybe six or seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um not to mention being named Victoria. You never not get the reference. It's it's either royalty or Victoria's Secret. That's all I've got in my whole life. So um, right. I'll, I'll go I'll go on the royalty side. Um, this it is a gorgeous show. It has its problems. I noticed some really glaring editing problems this season. Um, unless it was just my TV, it looked like they changed exposure mid shot, and it was very weird. Okay. Um, I'll I'll give it the grain of salt that maybe my TV was being weird. I don't know. But all that said, 
it's shot at all of these locations in Buckingham Palace, all all over Great Britain. And it is gorgeous. They take full advantage of every scene that they're in. And, and the opulence, the uh, opulence, the grandeur, all of those things, not to mention this, this most recent season being about um, the divorce of Diana and Charles, how close, <clears throat> how accurate they tried to be with the costuming. Of course, it's fictionalized quite a bit, but as far as the costuming and the emotions behind it, this is an excellent show. And I know that it's slow and it's not something that a lot of audiences really care about. Um, but if you have any sort of interest in historical fiction, give this one a shot. Um, I, I am never cease to be impressed with that show. Um, it looks very pretty, very, very thought of and entirely British. It is. <clears throat> it's, you know, it, it is, you know, there, there's the stereotype of how, like, I've never seen Downton Abbey, but I know what the stereotype is <clears throat> and that yeah. it's very high and lofty. And of course, that's going to happen in the crowd. It's about the most lofty person in all of Britain, but it is accessible. There are countless <laughs> historical moments in that show that especially Americans, we don't know about. Nor mm. Why would we care about it? They work, I think, pretty hard to help you care about it, especially in the, this past season where it's been things that people our ages would remember, things like Diana's death, yeah. um, the queen aging. Those, those are all things that we can know and I understand. I remember the queen aging. <laughs> we experienced that and her passing. Yeah. Um, it'll it, it'll be interesting to see what they do um, after her death. Um, I, I, last time I checked, they were still shooting, but that was weeks ago. So um, it's 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 a really good show. And I, I wish that more people would give it the chance instead of being so intimidated that it's about royalty and therefore it's this big lofty concept when really it's just it's a family drama yeah so. it does i mean that's how we could always be royals you you're bringing up royal and that's all i just think all i could think of was a lord song <laughs> is, is that and we could be royals royals um <laughs> she's from new zealand though if i remember right so sounds that's right. not the same uh it i you mentioned you brought up downton alley uh, alley downton abbey and I, a decade ago, I was really tempted to be like, man, I should really... So Downton Abbey and collectible card games, they were like in the exact same breath of, I should really try one of these out. And then I didn't try either. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, it seems like I spared myself. Now, with your having, I've seen like, I don't know, like five or ten minutes of one episode of The Crown. Are you ready? Are you able to tackle modern uh, royal tabloid news because you have I'm right this on background. top of it okay <laughs> no 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 so, i mean i do find it interesting about everything that's going on with harry and megan there's a new documentary that i want to watch because now i am curious especially at least wrapping up the crown again it's historical fiction a lot of what happens in this show did not happen at least in this manner big you know warning there it does make me interested to see how some of those trends that have been happening for the past 80, 90 years are still happening today. The uh -huh. <laughs> discrimination, the, the, the way that the family members just don't agree with each other and how it's more of a system than a family. But at the same time, you don't just not become a family because you're part of a system and how they balance that. Um, it'll be really interesting to hear the 
the real stories straight from straight from Harry and Meghan. So I find this stuff fascinating. I know a lot of people don't. They're like, <laughs> oh, who cares about those people across the ocean? Not yeah. Even, that's even, the entire even ocean British away. folks don't always care. But you know, we don't we don't have fairy tales anymore. Um I I enjoy seeing the last one we got. <laughs> so is is, um, is the royal is the British royal family the equivalent of anime but to Britain? <laughs> like that's that's how hardcore you have to be into I, it. I feel like you have insulted them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I think what you're trying to get at is maybe not so wrong. It's it's funny to see something that is just so wildly outside of our expectations. Like yeah. we have the ultra rich in America, we have huge ma- major A list celebrities. It is not nearly the same as. The royal family that still has to talk about things like budgets but also have to be important political figures but also have to be this that and the other more than just your run-of-the-mill a-list celebrity right um, it's just a completely different dynamic so it's interesting it's, it's a really good show i'm I'll, I'll have to i'll have to look at it at least think about at least look at then... the show it's I'll a, look, at least a show for looking at. Google it the is crown. beautiful. I looked at it. There it is. Look yeah. at some pictures of the crown. The, <laughs> they have some like very said, opulent um, uh, jewelry and stuff. Although some of that is taken from places. Oh that yeah. Should not be plundered oh, yeah. from colonization efforts. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. But it's very pretty. That, it doesn't mean it's not beautiful. It's yes. still beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful in an ugly way. It's, it's beautiful just, in an ugly way. There yes. we go. Exactly. Uh, Kelly, are you up on the crown? Uh, did you watch <laughs> Downton Abbey at all? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen even five minutes of either one. So. Oh, oh that's, that's enough to watch the recap. There you go. Actually, if you're starting it out, I guess you wouldn't have the recap. But I do every time you start a new season of something, or what we'll talk about later is the recap at the he- beginning of every episode of Andor, where it's telling you about uh, everything that's going on previously. So remember, I was going to say, do you people remember? watch those? Yeah, um, I'm sure some people do. I, I did, but I one. had to go back and rewatch. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, just, I always skip them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how I was skipping them. Uh, speaking of following the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Uh, Elon Musk agrees to stand down as CEO to, of Twitter after poll results want him gone. Uh, Kelly, are you are you are you gonna apply, bro? Like, are you gonna apply for? I thought Twitter? I had the job already. Oh, you do? Yeah, uh, I think you do. Uh, when did you get on Twitter? Weren't you like just after me, like two thousand eight? After you? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought you were after me. Hmm. Um, it was 2008, but uh, I thought I was before. Because mm, mm, that was mm. July, July 2008. Now I want to look. I don't have that account anymore, All right. unfortunately. All right. Yeah, oh, well, I you know you're. You uh, I know you're in there too. If, if you don't have the account, then then you're not. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's been very much an on and off thing. So okay. September 2008. Okay. Yeah. So I beat so you. You did have it before. I yeah. Well, I you it. did, but but your account's gone. So yeah. No well. That's how it works. But uh, <laughs> so he used a poll to get Donald Trump back on the platform. And then he used a poll like, should I still be CEO of Twitter? And everyone's like, it was like 57% or so said no. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, cool. As soon as I find someone to, you know, be the captain. As soon of the as he finds someone. Yeah. yeah. A suitable replacement. <laughs> a suitable replacement. 
Um, and he, he, he's like, I'm going to step back and be in charge of software and servers. I'm going to tell you, if I was CEO of Twitter, I'd be like, get out of here, dude. You're not touching anything. You can be in charge of the, the water fountain in the lobby. Like that's about how much responsibility you deserve at this point for how much you've wrecked this place. I mean, he's still going to control it. That's the problem. I know that is the, that is mm-hmm. that is. So no absolute. matter who who steps in as CEO, he if he comes in and says, "Hey, I'm, it needs to be done like this," guess what? It's going to get done like that. Yeah, but but also you could do the thing where, like like Steve Jobs when he became back as CEO of Apple, he's like he had you know uh, Larry Ellison in that, and he was able to use that as leverage to be able to tell the entire board to resign and replace it with people who were uh friendly to steve jobs and it worked because the company but there's was no in... board anymore it's just a single owner yeah that's true yeah so, so... There's, there's nothing like that so he's that's what i'm saying it's he's not like dictator in chief yeah kinda. yeah exactly yeah he'll it's always... a dictatorship over there can you no matter imagine who's he's the like, ceo he, can you imagine he's just like lingering over your shoulder it's like i don't know if i would do that <laughs> no, thank you can you yeah. tweet that can you tweet? Can you change that check mark to just a different shade of blue, please? Did you see the new blue logo? They're yellow or gold? Yeah, or, or maroon. There's a maroon there a one too. There oh, should God. be, but that's a check mark or their logo. Yes. The, so, <laughs> so, so so there's Twitter blue. They came out with like a synthwave kind of logo um, that they simplify for the subscription, but it like it's it's like chromed out and it's got the. Yeah, the Twitter bird in the in the counter oh, of grief. the beat. It looks disgusting. Uh, oh, you're talking about just like yeah, okay. I got it. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, I was trying to figure out what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they had a new it's, Twitter blue logo. Yeah, they okay. redid it because obviously Musk is totally up on the memes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would get mad at me if I went and applied for CEO at Twitter. I think I'd I could. Honestly, I could take a year of vacation and do a better job than what he's done so far. So yes, I'm still. I, mean, I like the confusion of the. Platform, you like the confusion? So yeah. Do you like the newsworthiness of it all? Yeah, I love it. Just yeah. love, just love I, how everything is is so relevant on there, and yeah, it's great. I haven't been. Fo- I don't follow him, so I don't really know. No, I'm not keeping up minute to minute. And I still have my. I'm actually surprised that I don't get more notifications about stuff because I do follow him, but like I don't see some of this stuff. I don't I mean I don't go on social media that often, but yeah, like, I get push notifications, and it's usually <laughs> not from him. It's usually oh. from accounts that I don't even follow. I'm just like, who? What? Why is this push notification? <laughs> they know you don't want to hear from him. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. They know I don't want to hear from anybody. I guess because they they push notifications from like people I don't follow, like that I don't even know. And I'm like, why is this relevant to me? So yeah. Whatever. Did you do you get the uh, the notifications? It's like events and things that are happening in the world, and it's just, hey, do you want to read up about the the World Cup or, or whatever? No, I don't get those. It just it'll just be a random tweet from somebody that I don't know. Oh, it just pops up. It wants you to connect, like, dude. I don't know who these people are. And it, sometimes it, I know. they'll be like replying to somebody. It wants you I don't to be. Either. It wants to give you. It wants you to be give you a new friend. Like notifications, they're real thoughtful over there. They, right? <laughs> there's no one left over there, so they have to think of something. It's yeah. like, oh god, how do we save this business? Uh, uh, let's random recommend random tweets to random users, and bam, let's go. <laughs> that was that was even before. That was, yeah, that was like all before. So they could do it more. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. just 
amplify that algorithm. I um I'm weirded out by how granular notifications have become. Like I remember when it was like two or three things. You know, you're going to get notifications when you get a friend request for something. You get a notification if your name is mentioned, and then you get a notification if, like, someone replies. And now they have, like, 20 different things. Like, do you want notifications when you get uh, specials or uh, promotions or stuff like that? And it's like, I have to shut all of that off. And then you have to shut (laughs) it off, not just push, but email and push as well. It's like, I don't want it in my email box. I don't want it on my app. I don't want to get a toast every time that... A space has gone live, even though he just killed spaces. He can't. He totally canceled that account that was following his private jet, even though he said he wouldn't. Uh, on this vague threat uh, that was not substantiated in any way that someone been using his private jet tracker to make threats to him, um, something along that line. He also line. canceled other or, you know suspended other accounts that were promoting other websites besides Twitter. Yeah, he yep. was canceling yep. journalists accounts and stuff like yeah. that who are like following him like any excuse to just like get rid of his naysayers on this platform that he bought <clears throat> for 44 billion dollars he's never going to get that money back no no never ever <sighs> whatever you know what we are getting back though segue to our final news item here <laughs> uh they're making a sequel to two- 1996's twister it's called Twisters. Uh, it's being... <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> but it is funny. This, it, it's, like, um, it's like when you go to Taco Bell and it's like, Mom, I want some of the Twisters. And they're like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. The Cinnamon Twisters. Or whatever they're actually called. I think they just twist. They, uh, do they? <sighs> I, I... It's very much Alien Aliens vibe. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's like a compliment. Yeah, there's multiple twist like they could or... have so many cows now whipped up in the air. <laughs> like the cow again. Yeah. Uh it's being directed by they there's like no details. Michael Bay. Oh my god. What a movie that would be. Oh, uh There's the, explosions in the twisters. And, and what's really cool is is uh, the way that Michael Bay does it. He would film it first without any thought of where the action is going. And then they would like have to somehow contrive the tornado to get into the frame somehow through magic. And they'd be like, oh my god, this twister is just on fire. This one's just lightning. Yeah, this is a twister made out of lightning. This one yeah. is made out of propane. Uh, and it's going towards a I hospital. Mean- uh, an orphanage hospital. Orphanage. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt. Uh, will there be like a hurricane and That's like not... a tsunami? Huh. Oh, this one's uh, it's got sharks in it. Yeah. Oh, it's Sharknado. Sharknado. Yes. Yep. Yep. There. We... <laughs> All right. They're gonna have to tread lightly then. <laughs> if it was like a hurricane of tornadoes. Uh, I think that would of tornadoes. Too. Yeah, a hurricane of tornadoes. It's just like they just spawn like in a grid. Okay, okay. And they just kind of go everywhere. Um, like someone's using a an, a world editor. It's like deploy tornado, deploy, deploy, deploy. What if they had? Okay, hang on. Million dollar idea. What if they had a tornado, but it was made out of combos? 
not combos. Uh, what's uh, what's yeah? the corn funnel snack? Oh, oh. Yeah. You what know it, what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking it's about. Like checks. No, not checks. No, the They're bugles. The- Bugles, bugles, right? You, yeah, yes. Because yeah. you put them on your fingers, and then you're a witch. That's what you did when you were a kid. <laughs> so, so you have Michael Bay coming out, and he's got bugles on all of his fingers, and they're the onion, like the sour cream and onion ones, so it's like really hard to get the flavor off. And he's like summoning tornadoes with bugles, and then it's a tornado made out of bugles, and it's just like, it's ripping through um, like everything, because it's not just wind. It's a wind of bugles snacks. Mm. Trademark Delicious. registered. Deli- unless, unless what a way to get right. a sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking about <laughs> in that scene in the first movie where that disc comes down and hits that guy in the forehead. But it's a but it go it's God, a bugle and it that. lands in his mouth. It's like that is so delicious. I love corn based snacks. Right. Uh, so it's being directed by uh, Leo. <laughs> There's there's some there's some big names on here. Uh, it's being directed by Lee Isaac Chung, who did Minari mm-hmm. uh, recently. Oh, so like you know, Academy Award nominated uh, yes. director here, and it's being written by Mark L. Smith, who wrote The Revenant, which was the bear Leonardo DiCaprio wow. movie. So two very serious films going into twisters. <laughs> into twisters, exactly. <laughs> I'm. The the name just inspires like a, a restaurant. With a Z. <laughs> it's also it's being said in nineteen ninety nine. It's yo, bro, we gotta oh. watch the Matrix and we're in Kansas. But what's gonna happen between here and there? Twisters. Remember the nineties? Yeah, exactly. Remember them? Man, my when favorite this movie was relevant. <laughs> my favorite movie is Fight Club. There's no way oh, this is gonna be better yeah. than that. Yeah. That's pretty great. This is a very uh, specific kind of individual that you're describing here. Well, know, right? uh, well, so th- okay, if it's set in 1999, <laughs> they could do like you could have the uh, the hoity-toity, and this is pre-vape, so they have that, still have like cigarettes, okay. I guess. But they'd be Probably. like, no, my favorite movie is being John Malkovich. That's where <laughs> I'm. At. That's the scene. That is the layer mm. that I'm at. I love Charlie Kaufman. What kind of cameos do you think are going to be in this? So not Philip Seymour Hoffman, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a heckin' bummer. Uh, or Bill Paxton, because he's wow, gone too. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Have, I don't think you've mentioned who's in it yet. No, because there's no one in it. <laughs> oh. Even the, even the AV Club the article. The, the, the Twitters. The special ILM <laughs> is going to be hmm. the uh, the big celebrity get on this one to the budget of a lot um that that they're they were wondering they were speculating like hey maybe helen hunt comes back because she was you know one of the co-protagonists but but it's been 30 years not quite 99 it's been 20 years 26 years it's well i guess it's a 20 so it'll be like almost yeah but if it takes place in 99 (laughs) and you're using somebody who has aged through 2022 yes Yes. So I don't know. They've got to. They've got to pull somebody new. I bet they pull a Stranger Things kid or something. That's probably actually. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good idea because they did that with Ghostbusters, which I haven't seen the new. Oh one. yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they bring back Carrie Elwes because he died yeah. a horrific death in that first one, and that's what that's the 2022 thing to do is bring back people that were clearly dead, 
Like, obviously, mm-hmm. completely, uh, no Or just doubt. Harrison Ford. Just bring him back. Yes. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. Just bring he him wasn't back. even the first one, so that'd be better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've, got, I've got this really good tornado tracking thing. You kids can't bother me. You can't. You can't track these twisters <laughs> like I can. I'm here for a paycheck, and I'm earning it. I'm really earning it. So... <laughs> And he would he would totally do it. Oh, we didn't get to it last time, but the uh, Indiana Jones trailer um, from that looks great. Am I wrong? It looks great. Well, I, I didn't see it. What? <laughs> well, okay. Well, I try not to get my hopes up. Let's be real. Since the Shia LaBeouf one, what fifteen years ago. Yes. But that's not even my issue. Uh-huh. Why in the issue? year 2022 are we having love interests that are 50 years in age apart? Why? <sighs> Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridges, I think is her name, who's in... Uh... I thought she was the goddaughter. Is she? I yeah, thought she was I don't, a love I don't, interest. No, I don't think that's Harrison Ford's love interest. Okay. I think that's I, a little I, too... I sincerely hope you're right because that I, was not my read on the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must have missed a line. I yeah. must have. I, I, I think that's how they're structuring it because, yeah, that is a, that is too much. That is too much. It's typical Hollywood, though. It so is. Maybe, that, maybe it just automatically populated in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yes. used to it at this point. And who... And who uh, what about the lady at the end of uh, King... Uh, Last Crusade, the 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 Nazi woman, they could bring her back because that's such a 2022 mm. thing to do is just bring her back and she's the love interest again. I I think that's that'd be fine. I think that's real. All right, well that's the news I had. Let's go to the this. All right, here we go. You're not going to see this one, but you're going to hear it afterward. Are we? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back with the. I'm so. I don't know why I got to the start of the. It's been a day. It's been a week. It's, it's been a week. Mm-hmm. It's been a month. It's been a year. Uh, we're talking about Andor. What a year it was. What a year it was. This is the last episode of the of the year. Actually, this is lucky number seven. I'm. This is this is exciting. We're going to talk about Andor, uh, and since uh, Kelly's seen three episodes, we're going to go as far as he's gone. Because now you're totally pumped up having seen those first three episodes to get to the sixth episode. And then once you get to the sixth episode, you're like, oh, heck, I got to go to the twelfth now because it's just going to just go from there. So you got to meet <laughs> Luthen and you got to meet uh, everyone and it was a big old thing. So tell me what you think about Andor. Um, I like it. I mean, it's it's really different. It doesn't feel like uh star wars at all like it feels very like blade runner-esque especially like the first opening of that show like, yeah felt like blade runner and um <laughs> I, I mean i like it i think it's it's like really interesting trying to like getting you know uh andor's backstory and everything like that and then and like his childhood backstory and then the backstory of andor you know where where we know him from with rogue one kind of stuff yeah um yeah and then and then like how the security the corporate security like i thought that was really interesting the guy who plays like the officer 
the uh, overachiever dude. Yes. Yeah. Like it's it's great seeing his face. Like whenever he realized, like, oh, I messed up. He he messed up in a big, and you know, he's like he's he's got values. He's just mm-hmm. doing what he thinks is right. He is the guy who's ratting out his classmates who've been cheating on math tests and stuff like right. that. So when his uh, supervisor's like, these two guys weren't murdered, it was, or they were, but it was under stuff that they caused. Let's not get too deep into this. We're not going to worry about it. I'm on vacation. I don't want to mess with it. Well, no, he wasn't on vacation, right? He went to go. He went to court. see. Yeah. Did, wasn't he reporting like what was going on, but he didn't want to report anything bad. Yeah. He he didn't want to import anything bad to the Imperials yeah. because they was still under corporate control. Morlana one. Yeah. I think it was, is the planet that they're on. Um, so the show opens up in Andor and spoilers for these first three episodes. Uh, you should watch them all. Uh, Andor is being tracked by these dudes from a bar because he's looking for his sister and he straight up, they, they try to hold him up and he takes him down, you know, John Woo style. <laughs> and um, it's, you know, it just becomes a thread. There are so many threads in this series. It is incredible. Um, just how much it starts and just builds and builds and builds. And then here's this other one. It built, starts and builds and builds and builds and starts and builds and builds and builds. And it's just go. And so every couple episodes, there's just like punctuation, uh, about what's going on in that show. And you're right. It doesn't feel like star Wars. We talked months ago about rogue one. And, uh, this is from Tony Gilroy and his, and his brother, uh, Don, if I remember Don or Doug, I can't remember offhand. Um, they co-wrote, they also bought, uh, Bo Williman, who was the uh, creator of House of Cards. He writes a lot of episode, the episodes in the back half of the season. Um, which is like, that's pedigree writing right there. That's nuts. Um, so this is from Tony Gilroy. He did, he did some, um, write, he did a draft write-up and then like directed some bits of Rogue One when they were fixing it. Cause Rogue One famously had a lot of production issues and they had to reshoot some stuff to make it work. So this is all original stuff from Tony Gilroy. And I was uh, listening to Mark Maron, because Mark Maron's a big, um, um, what's his face? The, a big fan of uh, one of his, one of his Star movies, Wars. George Clooney movies. Um, I'm trying to remember. But he's a big fan of that. And he was talking about how Tony Gilroy had this bit after Rogue One. And this was, you know, 2017, 2018. Yeah, 2017. Uh, he's like, I had, I, he had this entire idea with how Andor's story would come about. And back then, Disney's like, no, that's too expensive. And then a couple years ago, they came back and said, let's do it your way. Uh, because now that the budgets have come up and streaming has gotten so big, they decided to let him do that. This is only two seasons. They're shooting, they're, they just, I believe they just wrapped up filming or there's filming the second season right now and it'll be out like next year or i'm 2024 they have so much post that they have to do uh, on there but it's basically the the first season is the first year of andor's backstory and then the second season will be like the four years between then and then the uh, events of rogue one which is right before uh, a new hope and it is so smart and it is so gritty victoria what do you think 
So I was one of the bigger um, skeptics of Andor. Uh-huh. Um, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is near and dear to my heart. I hated Rogue One. Hated it. I was so bored and I just didn't understand why people cared. You, I wish not, you were on that episode with us where you because uh, I did not only, like it so that I could have trashed it. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can do a it's, special it's so edition. much exactly <laughs> so much so I completely I don't remember a thing about Rogue One. All I remember is the the bad uncanny valley with Leia at the end. That is all I remember. But not Tarkin. Um, Tarkin no, was pretty creepy. God. Was he? It probably was. Uh, I couldn't you don't tell it. you. I don't yeah. remember it. I don't remember any of this. And so Andor comes out. I've just seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. That was literally just fan service, but garbage fan service. It wasn't even good. We've sat through all these terrible or mediocre Star Wars series. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of The Mandalorian either. I watched uh-huh. the first season. Uh-huh. It was all right. It was all right. Um, there's a lot better TV out there than the Mandalorian. What? I'll just put it, I'll just put that out there. There's I know. a crown. It, <laughs> <laughs> Downton Abbey. There's a lot. There's a lot better medium uh, uh, TV shows in that genre. Yeah. Um, sorry. I know a lot of people are going to hate me and discredit me for that. This is a show called but... Hot Takes and Streaming Breaks, so we're doing all right. <laughs> So I hate this. I hate all of this. And people are talking all these great things about Andor. And I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't want to hear it. I'm tired of sitting through it. I'm tired of being wildly disappointed, wanting to see things that would actually be fun. Like, give me a Jar Jar Binks backstory. Give me some of that. Like, give me something completely off the wall that I don't expect. (laughs) The last thing I want is for people to be hyping up a show about a character I don't want, a character I don't like that was set up with a movie I hated. This is the last thing I want. Uh I watched the first one or two episodes of Andor, and I thought, this is too dense. I'm going to have to take care of this another time. And then we started talking about it, about how we wanted to talk about it on the show. Again, I was really, I don't know. I don't know. I reached out to my friends on Facebook and wherever said, what do you like about it? And it was the one response that said, this is Star Wars as if it wasn't even written in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Being in Star Wars doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. And honestly, that's what grabbed me. And I love Star Wars. Yeah. I love it. But you know what? They're right. This is a story about oppression and character growth and, economics and political situations it's not about who's got the bigger lightsaber because we're all tired of searing that by we're all i mean me i'm tired of saying that i'm tired of seeing it so when i see one x-wing in an episode and that's about it or someone just makes an offhand comment about a planet i've heard of and that's it honestly that's what i want show me something that's actually good that they thought about an actual story and they weren't just Star Wars. Oh my God, Star Wars. We've yeah. all bought the toys. I don't know. Maybe I'm too old. But you know what? Andor got me. Andor finally got me at episode three. So I really hope that Kelly sticks with it because after episode three is where I started to see what everyone was talking about because it's incredibly uh-huh. dense at the beginning. There are so many plot lines going on. And especially <laughs> if you're someone like me that didn't remember a thing about rogue one besides when it took place it's 
a jumbled mess or that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. But once you get to episode three, suddenly all of these plot lines merge together and you see where the show is heading and it clicks. Absolutely. Um, Once we start getting in some other characters, get some more backstory going, honestly, it's, it's a pretty great show. It is surprisingly good. I hope that this is where Star Wars continues to go. Show me a Star Wars horror movie. Show me a Star Wars that's straight up comedy. Go completely off base because that's what that's what we need now. Yeah, I'm tired of saying the same thing over and over. I think they tried doing the comedy thing with Solo and then they kicked Miller and Lord off of there like lickety split. So that was just And then yep. I did read um um what was it like Death Troopers, which was that novel about zombie zombies essentially in star wars so there's there's some here's the other thing that bothers me okay this is going to be part of our hot takes oh oh here we go star wars is a very explicit metaphor just like x-men is a very specific metaphor every time we start to talk about stormtroopers (laughs) like they're these fun-loving guys i have a really hard time with you uh-huh. better show me something great because who their metaphor is are the worst people in history. Yeah. So you need to be watching what you're doing with them. And honestly, it makes me really uncomfortable that they're making them into zombies. Yes. <laughs> that's 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 what bothers me about it. Well, that's that's that book is technically not canon anymore because it was a pre-Disney. A <laughs> I I agree. I agree. Yeah. What it was it was fine, uh, and as you saw through episode six with like Deidre Miro and Portugas and and all those guys, like you see what exactly that that force is that force of evil, yes, um, is, and uh, and I think it supports the metaphor of the Star Wars universe yeah. by showing that there's a lot of nuance in all of these situations. It doesn't mean that the bad guys aren't bad. The bad guys are still bad. Yes. The bad guys are bad with nuance. And I think that's what I'm loving to see. They have a motivation. They're out to stomp out the people who are doing bad. And it's it's really cool that they have like passing references to the Emperor and stuff mm-hmm. like that without having to bring in the Emperor. Uh, you mentioned Obi-Wan. And uh, yeah, I'd seen that before. I li- I enjoyed it, Obi-Wan Kenobi, for what it was. But after seeing this, it looks like... Obi- and, and, and then the other thing, I had not seen Mandalorian before mm-hmm. watching this. So I went and watched the pilot for Mandalorian, and of course I'd seen Obi-Wan. And both of those shows, compared to Andor, they looked like the filler movie scenes, like when you're at Universal Studios, and you're like, this is how we move you from place to place before we shuffle you into the next queue. That's the quality. It looks like video game graphics. It looks so cheap. It feels intentionally poor quality, which is yes. such a shame when you're bringing back people like Hayden Christensen that yes. your opinion on his acting or whatever yeah. was a great nostalgia moment to grab in on people, but then they made a not so great series about it. And yeah. nostalgia only gets, gets you so far. Yeah, and there was... When people were complaining about the opening shot of Obi-Wan, where it's like fake camera rocking in After Effects. Mm-hmm. And why are they still training when clearly all of this chaos is going on? Do they not have the force to feel what's going on here? Did you see Obi-Wan, Kells? No, not yet. 
All right. We're really so, convincing you to watch this show, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so right after Andor, you got to watch this. But you you had seen Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure in a vacuum that show was just fine. But now that Andor's out, how how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I just I liked uh, you know, the Mandalorian. I I liked Mando <laughs> just as a, as a character. Mm-hmm. That was just that was my big thing. I mean, I, like there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like about it, like or that was just okay. But I just like Mando. I like his character. Yeah, you like Pedro Pascal. Well, uh, I mean, like, I, I mean, like I've seen you know I've seen him in other things, but yeah. I thought he did. I thought he did good as Mando. Like he he it feels different than seeing him in other things, right? Yeah, like whenever whenever you see him as an actor and doing his his acting stuff versus this, where he's very quiet and like kind of stoic and just like just gets things <laughs> done or or doesn't get things done, whatever it is, right? Whatever's going on. Yeah, yeah, I remember bo- bo- between Boba Fett and I guess Mando, um, I the the big Mandalorian dude was like Candorous from Night Sealed Republic. I think that's the one that everyone had kind of a an attachment to. And I want to come back to your point about Jedi's and lightsabers too, Vic. Is that um, uh, my favorite Star Wars game has been Star Wars Dark Forces, which was a game. It was not quite a ripoff of Doom, but it was in that era because they had like missions and narratives and cutscenes and stuff like that. But there was no lightsabers. There was nothing. There was no lightsabers at all. And I loved it because it was like gritty and industrial. And this is a side of Star Wars that we haven't seen. And uh, then in Jedi Knight, which was Dark Forces 2, they're like, all right, now you get to be a Jedi. <clears throat> Here you go. You're a Jedi now. Lightsabers and force powers and all that stuff. And I hated it. I hated it. <clears throat> so in Andor, when there was no Jedi at all, and it's just like bureaucracy and the mundane, the, the banality of evil. I think there was a video essay about it. It's just the banality of evil in this in this show. Um, like he's, they're not like, they're not stomping on puppies or anything in here in that star Wars way. They are just like, they're in their gears in service of a greater cause. And the cause just happens to be this really evil Sith Lord. So, you know, well, and, and maybe that's why it's so easy for me to compare it to Obi-Wan Kenobi because, um, the show <laughs> is because that show takes place right after the pre- prequels that everyone's pretty consensually as a community hated for a long time oh nobody cares about the politics of star wars that was kind of the thing yeah Andor has gone to show the politics of star wars could actually be kind of cool and interesting if it's written well if we're taking the time if we're getting rid of the jedi star wars the star wars magic yeah and we talk about people's stories we can care about the politics of Star Wars because it's just the politics of anywhere else. You know, we care about those kinds of things as people, especially as grown-ups. Should you be putting that in your kids' movie, Star Wars Episode One? Probably not. Should yeah. you be putting it in Andor that's focused for a more mature audience? Then yes, absolutely. Why not? So I, I think now we're finally seeing, I hope, kind of the growth of that franchise to a place where we know when we're targeting children, we know when we're targeting adults and and those can have overlap, but they don't have to, you don't have to throw a baby Yoda in a show to 
kind of have a level playing ground. You can, you don't have You're going to gonna sell a lot of toys. You're going to sell a lot of toys. Like My no one's going to buy Baby Yoda's. Like I would buy a Deidre Miro figurine, but like <laughs> exactly. that's not the same as a Baby Yoda. Exactly. Or a Grogu, I guess. And I the thing that I in reading what other people have thought about the series as well is that their Star Wars is so big that you can have this serious drama. <clears throat> And um, but you can also have more fun stuff because Star Wars has always been known for its approachability, mm-hmm. and I think that's why Andor has resonated so well. Is it's it's providing a depth that really hasn't been there because like maybe it would scare people off, and I think with how many people liked Rogue One, however not great it was, um, people wanted more in that vein but maybe didn't know how to ask for it or they didn't know how to make it uh, until now. Cause I don't think this is not a series that could have come out of George Lucas. I don't think he had it in him to do it there. I think he needed a kind of Kathleen Kennedy to stand back and be like, you guys figure this out. I'm going to be rich or, or what have you. Well, sci-fi has always been a <clears throat> conduit for telling these bigger historical stories forever yeah we have been using sci-fi as as a playing field for these stories (laughs) always 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 we just haven't used it in the star wars template yet well until andor which which is frustrating to me as as a fan of star wars it's been around for how many decades now and we're just now nailing that to me is frustrating at the same time, it gives me hope that maybe future Star Wars might be able to tell the difference between, you know, what what's good, what's family friendly, what's child friendly, what what's all of these different things. Now that we've kind of been through the woods a little bit, yeah, and I and and it provides a lot of depth to things. It provides, like you were mentioning earlier, nuance and stuff. Like the rebellion at this point is not just you know a, a group of people working together with the same symbol on their X-Wings or, or fighters and that is just this group of people who happen to be on the same side, like the enemy of your enemy kind of thing. And um, mm-hmm. Kells, you'll kind of see that as you go along, which you should. You should absolutely truck through yeah, this thing. It, it. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. But you yeah, see I, mean, just, I, I only started last night, so and I got oh, three episodes. So. Well... Three well, episodes in so one I'm, night is pretty good. It is. Yeah, really so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching. I was I got hooked. Yeah, yeah. you got. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Um, but the the I mean, you haven't even gotten to the Mon Mothma stuff. Uh, where mm-hmm. she when she starts cutting in there and yes. she is the politician. I mean, you you saw uh, the specific Luth- prequels re- references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you you saw Luthen where he was like putting on his wig and mm-hmm. and he was like ha 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 like practicing his fancy laugh because he's two totally different people and that becomes a thing through the series it's nuts uh but the just the nuance of what the rebellion is at this point and having to move money around and things like that to make it happen is just incredible uh and you see that payoff huge in like episode six and then as it goes on from there it's like highly recommend Yes, and and a lot of people have been talking about the kind of monumentous episode six, and I won't spoil it for Kelly, but what I will say is it is 
appropriately large. Um, I always get skeptical when people are saying, oh, just wait for episode blank. Then, then you'll get it. Then you'll put it all together. Yeah. That's not, it is, but it's not what episode six is about. It is the culmination of a lot of other things that have been going on. Sure. But it's also appropriate in the story. And I'm actually rather impressed by how they ramped up instead of just, bam, here's a new episode that's got a lot in it. Um, it, yeah. it feels well-deserved by by episode six yeah tony came out and said um because you know obviously people are like oh you know the first couple episodes are really slow and boring and blah 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 and he's like and tony gilroy said essentially you know you can't write checks if there's nothing in in your bank so it's spending those first couple episodes spinning up so many things um to get you interested because then when it starts setting those arcs off completing those arcs to set new ones off it's totally cool it's a it's a it just really builds from there so so yeah yeah we'll have to circle back once you've hit six or maybe we've just finished them all i've i've watched them all um i what i i don't i'll ask you guys i don't know how i feel about um weekly releases versus them dumping them all at once and i'm not saying one versus the other but having to wait like, oh, it's going to be another three weeks before I see an episode or, or you know, a new episode or whatever. I'm going to have to wait till Thursday or something. Um, I don't know if I'm used to that yet again after Netflix spoiled me. After working in TV for about a decade, um, I will say that I miss it. Um, I really miss being able to say on Thursday nights I watch blank. Um, and I... I think people are starting to remember that maybe a little bit that not only do you create a little mini event for yourself, which is, you know, exciting in its own little way. Right. But there is so much more content than when we (laughs) used to do that, that I feel like if I have a show that dumps it all on me, when am I ever going to watch this? I have 14 other shows in my queue. I'm glad that I'm able to pace myself. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll let you have the last word. Um, was there anything else that we have not touched on that we want to get to before we get into the new year? Fantastic. <laughs> Glad. 6035. 6035. 6035. Yeah, join us on 6035media.org. Um, we, we're launching a new website. We're launching a new publication, 6035. The Julio's Pickup. Yeah, most of your favorite places, the, the distribution's changed a bit, of course, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a new, again, it's a whole new thing. We've All our publications are coming together. We're really excited about it. And we're going to, and Hot Takes is going to continue, of course, unabated, watching Andor and Avatar 2. We'll sneak Avatar 2 in there somewhere. <laughs> Kelly's giving me the... Hey, it's, it's part fart. of my plans for tomorrow. So. <clears throat> all right, all right, we'll we'll get to that as well. <laughs> that and Andor, Avatar, Andor, Avatar, Avatandor, Avatandor. I love it. Well, thank you guys for joining me, and for those listening uh, or watching at home, be sure to like and subscribe and all that fun social media stuff. You know what it is: like and subscribe, and you know. Uh, if you have a comment or question that you'd like us to answer or address on the air, send an email to. Uh, podcasts at 6035media.org 60 spelled out and put hot take somewhere in the subject line until next time until next year until we see you again this has been hot takes and stream breaks take care <laughs>